And we are back. Post Lake Tahoe Marathon. We came, we saw, we conquered, and we're back to tell the tale of how we did on the marathon. Now, if you have not listened to the past episode with myself, Ryan, and my sister Emily, let you go back, play that, listen to it, soak it in, and then come back here. Have you listened yet? If so, you may proceed with caution. Um, in this episode, we dive in on how everything went. You know, we, we get into uh, some of the struggles. It was really a, a positive experience overall. We talked through some of that. Um, you know, we're fired up. We're looking for the next opportunity. A few things at the very end here about um, you know, the iTunes and some of the point systems and the Amazon raff, raffle that we got going on. Episode with Andy Raskin dropping. We're pumped. We're excited. This is going to be a good, quick one for you folks. Please share, leave a review, subscribe. You know the drill by now. Send it to your mom. Send it to your dad. We love you. We appreciate the feedback. But now, let's get into the depths of the Lake Tahoe Marathon. Good evening from San Francisco. This is Ryan Warner, my good friend Tommy Alamo. What's up, folks? He's now going by Tommy Tahoe around the apartment. So <laughs> that's all due in part to the marathon that we ran on Saturday, and that's what this episode's about. We wanted to take 10, 15 minutes to give you our thoughts on the race now that we've had a few days to digest. So we plan on getting into it. So Let's just kick it off the top, Tommy. What a weekend, right? What what a weekend indeed. And uh, I still kind of have a high. This is, We're doing this on Monday night. Uh, the race was Saturday morning, about 6 a.m. So um, you know, we've had almost you know, 36, 48 hours to, to kind of recover from it and, and think about it. But it was an incredible weekend, one of, one of the best weekends of my life. And um, so if you watch the video before this and the podcast before, you'd, you'd hear the enthusiasm, the focus that we had going into it, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You, know, you can hear about what we were set to listen to and all that stuff, so we won't reiterate that, but you know, how did, how did some of those mindsets that we were talking about help you during the race, and, and what was your takeaway from some of that? So the mindsets were a big piece of it, and it was primarily for me staying positive throughout the whole experience, right? Oh. And it all started with Saturday morning, the race starts at 6.30, <laughs> it all started with the bus ride, yeah. right? So... We are on the bus at 5.15, and all we know is that the bus is taking us to the start line, right? Yeah. Next thing we know, an hour and 10 minutes later, a school bus, freezing cold, packed full of all the runners, is still driving to the start line an hour and 15 minutes later. Now, typically, I would have gotten a little pissed, started making up these stories in my head about the bus driver and how she doesn't know where she's going, but... Because I knew we had a big task in front of us, stayed positive, just completely blocked it out. And that yeah. was indicative for me throughout the whole race. Um, we'll get into the actual race, but before we go on, anything else you add to the, to the bus story? No, the, it, was, it was just pure chaos. Um, I, I don't think I was quite as calm as you. I had my sister singing to the left of me, rapping Eminem the whole Powerful ride. Emily Lamo. Powerful Emily. The whole ride, uh, a little intense. But it was, yeah, it was, a, it was a good way to kick it off and kind of give you a, an early test of, of what was to come. Yeah, and, that, and that's the truth. And so we get started, 6.30 a.m., 
freezing cold, 20 degrees out, maybe it was 6.40 a.m., and then we get off to the races, right? The first 10 miles went as planned, and, and then at mile 11, old Ryan hit a little wall. Yeah. I had to let Tommy go on and, and do his thing, and so... Before I talk about that, Tommy, you're at mile 11, and I could just tell you were you were running like a goddamn deer. You were feeling good out there. You had a good stride. Some people tried talking to you, but you were in the zone. What were you feeling between miles 11 and, and call it 16? Man, I was I was feeling great, and um, I actually had planned to to make a bit of a jump towards the middle. Um, you know, we went really slow the first 10 miles um, below what we'd usually run for for a pace because the altitude, the big race, and we just wanted to take it slow. And so I knew once I hit 10 or, or 12, I was going to start feeling good and start going for it. I felt good, went off to the races. Um, and so I'm going solo for, I don't know, six, eight miles, just really kind of crushing it. Don't think anyone's, you or Emily's going to catch up to me because I was really cruising. And then I start slowing down a little bit. My body says, well, you're not quite used to running this far. Get to about mile 20. And I just hear this Woody Woodpecker coming down the hill behind me, coming in real hot. Oh, shit. Here he comes. And um, we didn't have a formal race or anything set up, but, you know, I, I was feeling a little confident that I was going to, you know, kind of blow these two out of the water halfway through the race when I was running that fast. And then I, I started really hurting. It was actually a blessing that you showed up because that, that kind of kept me on the on the up and up. Well, it was... It kept me going, trying to chase you down, and I think the main takeaway for me of this marathon, if I could look back on it, is miles 13 through 25, and here's why. So, at mile 11, we had a the steepest uphill of the day, you know, I don't know, I don't know how many feet, probably a couple hundred at least, I mean, it was pretty steep, Yeah. Um, and so I got over this hill, had a massive cramp, and I'm at mile 12, and I have a long way to go, right? And then I walked a little bit and started getting into my breathing routine. And this is something that Wim Hof talks about a lot is the power of the breath taking yeah. over the mind. And so my, what I noticed was that my exhale started to be this loud hum, like a te- mm. like almost like a tennis player. Yeah. And I went into this weird psychosis of breathing in for three steps and breathing out for two and humming on the way out. Next thing I know, I feel like I'm sprinting. I know I'm not. But yeah. we were probably two minutes ahead of our pace I see you at mile 19. We meet up at 20. And from 20 to 25, it's a grind, but we're cruising. I mean, yep. you couldn't even talk to us. We were so focused. We were we were huffing. We were puffing. And that's that's kind of my key takeaway. You led up to it is um, kind of the teamwork aspect where, you know, I was feeling good and I was running for a few miles by myself and, and I was doing pretty well. Um, but I hit a rough patch. And like I said before, if, if I hadn't have, had seen a, a friendly face around there that kind of Kind of, you didn't have to say words of encouragement to encourage me. It was more so just like, all right, we're in this together. We're we're gonna grind through this thing. Um, so that was that was pretty helpful. That was a, a pretty good takeaway outside of of what you were saying too. Yeah. Um, and then once you get to that twenty spot, like you said, it was it was just a grind. It was that we were we were shouting, we were breathing heavy, we weren't talking. It was it was just <laughs> an absolute struggle. Um, and then I don't know if. You want to get into how the how everything ended, but <laughs> uh, it was a tough one. Let's just tough say, ending. Let's just say for the longer races, and we're gonna do a couple a longer one in the spring. We think I need to find food to eat other than just goose. Yeah. I need to find something to eat 
because you're out there five hours, right? It's a long time, and um, and yeah, we'll leave it at that. But but it uh, was a great experience. Great experience. We're I've, already fired up to do something else. Aren't uh, we? We're gonna do. We want to get signed up for the next one right away. And what we're thinking is, we want to go trail run, right? Some our one of our uh, biggest idols in this space. Um, you know, Cam Haynes, big into trail runs, mm-hmm. and so we're thinking about doing a 50k which is 31.5 miles, 31.6 miles, sometime in the spring, mm-hmm. trail run only. Um, but we have a long way to go still. So we're, we're getting the, the pieces out. in place. But I think the, the big thing for us is we couldn't have had a better time. Yep. We encourage everyone to get out there. Yep. And more importantly, before June, I had never ran more than four. How long did you run before June? Maybe 10 one I time? Ran 10 once, but before- other than that, it was probably six. Okay. So that's a key thing. That, and I was going to say that if you didn't say it, it was like, if you're thinking you could never do it or it'd be so hard, I mean, yeah, you probably couldn't run one tomorrow if you've never run before. But, I mean, if you just do it consistently for months and months, it just adds up and it gets, it's so much easier than you think it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's for running, but it's for anything. So that was one big thing that, you know, I never thought I would be would do a marathon. I never had an interest in it. But now it's just kind of uncovered a, a new passion, which is, oh, which is crazy. Right it's crazy. The what? post-marathon depression is real. It's real. And luckily, luckily we started to put the pieces in place early on, you know, early on Sunday or even Saturday night to start thinking about our next step because it is, is a real thing, the post-marathon depression, folks. And just like the Cubs depression will be if they don't rebound from this Dodger series, which is why I'm wearing the, the home pinstripes. Cubs are down 2-0 in the series right now, so we wish them luck. Um, one other thing I want to talk about before we sign off is – the lifestyle change. Yep. And what we mean here, and this is something we probably mentioned 10 times this weekend, is when you're when we ran the marathon at least, it was the retraining was so intense or so demanding time-wise that you had to cut back on certain events, right? So the lifestyle change is something that was real for us. What did that look like for you, Tom? Yeah, I mean it it means um I think it, it really break comes down to discipline, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it starts with the training. It's saying, you know, we like to work out early. So it's three or four days a week. You're getting up. If it means you have to get up early on a Saturday, you got to do it. If it means getting up at 4 a.m. on a Tuesday, you got to do it. And you got to stick to it. And there's there's no excuses. You just you just do what um, you know you sign up for. Um, but that carries over to you know you got to eat clean. Mm-hmm. Um, it means you have to say no to you know, some of the Thursday or Friday night, you know, bar sessions or something like that. Or if you do go out, you you know, you're going to pay a price the next day and, you know, it might fly once, but once you, and we both have had a few, we're not going to you know, act like we're choir boys, but, um, the, the pay for that, the payment is, is a steep price. So the discipline is, is huge and that carries over, you know, like everything to, to the food, but it carries over to work, carried over to the marathon. Um, and so it's, it's crazy to see how your body feels when you are just like really in tune with it and, mm-hmm. and being clean for that long. Yeah. Um, and so that was, that was really the key for me, I think was just doing all that and, and sticking to it. So it's the, it's the getting up early, which is, you know, makes, makes you have a consistent sleep pattern. And, and we were typically, even though we're getting up at four, we're still getting what? I mean, seven hours minimum. I'd say Six to seven. Seven, yeah. Seven. Yeah. Seven's the goal. Um, 
which was awesome. And then it's the healthier eating. Because we run on Saturday mornings, we don't eat unhealthy Friday nights, which, if anyone knows me, is typically my my pizza-only night. So (laughs) pizzas were pushed to Saturday. Um, so it's the, it's the sleep patterns. Don't get me started on sleep. I'll go on rants about the, the power of sleep. Um, it's the diet. And then it's also, obviously, the actual physical changes that take place in your body and in your, body and in your mind when you run, right? Everyone knows that working out releases endorphins. You know, it, it makes you healthier. So it just feels good. So overall, we had a great experience. We talked about that at the other, on the previous episode too, if you listened to it, um, on, and we're not going to get into detail, but just on how it can, how it's affected us positively in our personal lives. And mm-hmm. if you're stressed out about something, or you're not feeling great, or um, you know, struggling with this or with that, it could be work, it could be you know, personal relationship. Man, the endorphins you get, or just going out there for hour, two hours, three hours, and you're just thinking. Or if you're you're going with someone, you, you bounce ideas off them. It's a powerful thing. It's it's you know, the runner's high. It's 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 real it's seriously like you're doing a drug out there sometimes yeah. and you just feel that clarity it's it's really bizarre it is and i think that's that's a good way to wrap this up um yeah i think we just wanted to share our thoughts post marathon uh, you know obviously tom's sister emily's not able to join us she's back in indy you know doing the doing the lord's work doing some teaching there but uh <laughs> um it's been a it's been a great experience we will let you know the next time we sign up for hopefully the half in December trail run and then the 50k trail run in the spring so if there's any anyone out there listening that is into this that wants to run one with the old kids or has some advice we're still newbies we'll take on challenges That's it. um and we'd we'd like to just you know hear some advice because we just kind of bs'd our way through this this marathon we didn't really it's a great point talk to anyone we just did some random google searches so that'd be helpful otherwise um, big episode coming your way Tuesday, October 17th, Andy Raskin. It's also my mom's birthday. Shout out to my mom. Um, birthday, mom. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, we got, we, we had a great interview this morning with Cy Wakeman. We got another one coming with Thursday. We're not going to tell you who it's with a couple next week with, with some A-list guests. So we're pumped. So, uh, anything else signing off? I would just say last thing is who wants a hundred dollar gift card? Ooh. Who's got my money, he says. I mean, we have one week left for the $100 Amazon gift card raffle. Each here, Here's how it works. You leave a comment on iTunes, you get five points. If you subscribe to us on iTunes, TR Talk, podcast, you get five points. If you reshare or retweet, that's a point. And each point is a raffle ticket, right? Bottom line is we need action on iTunes. And we appreciate the action on iTunes through the reviews and through the subscriptions. Why? It just helps us get higher ratings and get better guests to you folks. So if you want to be entered in it, go on iTunes, search for TR Talk, um, or give us some love on Twitter, LinkedIn. You know, Share the love because we appreciate the heck out of you folks and can't wait to do more of these. Um, that's all I have, Tommy. That's it. All right, baby. Ryan and Tom, TR Talk Podcast signing off. We'll see you soon. Out.